I invite you to turn with me to your Bibles to Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. Listen, for this is the word of the Lord. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through it. A man was there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him because he was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried down and was happy to welcome him. All who saw it began to grumble and said, he is gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Then Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek out and save the lost. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Jesus, through your Spirit's presence, would you open our ears to hear what you have for us today, our hearts to receive it, and our minds and hands to be transformed by you. In your name we pray, amen. Good morning. I'm Pastor Joy, and I would like to say it's good to see you, but I can't see you. I'm looking into the camera. I wish I could. It's always helpful for me to see the faces of those to whom I'm speaking, but it's also nice not to be on Zoom. <laughs> but I wish I could see you. Maybe a bit like our character in the text, Zacchaeus, wished he could see Jesus. Now we know five things about Zacchaeus. He's Jewish, he's a tax collector, he's in fact a chief tax collector. That's like a, a local branch manager for the tax collectors. He's wealthy, he's short of stature, and no one likes him. Now, this part isn't explicit in the text, but it's strongly implied. Because tax collectors, especially the local branch managers, are not liked. Although he is Jewish, like the rest in his community, he is in cahoots with Rome. Taxes are one way that Rome keeps its thumb on the Jewish people, oppressing them, giving them no ability to move up the socioeconomic ladder. Because Tax collectors didn't just collect taxes. They padded their own pockets by charging more than necessary. And so tax collectors were thieves, breaking the seventh commandment and also taking advantage of the poor. The minor prophets in scripture rail against this behavior. And so Zacchaeus is seen as a traitor, prioritizing Rome and personal greed over the law of God, which calls for justice for the poor. 
Zacchaeus is wealthy, though, and though frequently wealth provides social status to people in the first century, tax collectors were exempt from this status. So imagine with me. It's Jericho, a city northeast of Jerusalem, a wealthy suburb. And word has it that Jesus is going to be passing through. Now remember, Jesus always travels with an entourage, the 12 disciples for sure, but also others. The women who serve, people who would follow for a short time, a crowd, and word has it in Jericho that there is going to be a Jesus parade. He's coming in, this great healer and teacher, and Zacchaeus wants to see it for himself. Look! the text says in Greek, look, there's a man named Zacchaeus and he seeks to see Jesus for himself. But everyone knows Zacchaeus and no one likes him. So the crowd does what it can to torment him. It's easy to torment a person short in stature when there is a parade because all you have to do is shift your body a little bit. You can use your broad shoulders to block them out. You can cooperate with your friends to obstruct their view. And so this is what people are doing. And Zacchaeus, who's trying to nudge his way toward the front, he's jumping up and down. He just can't see. No luck. So at some point, he finally gives up and runs ahead and climbs a tree. Well, this is really not a very manly thing to do, nor is it high class. (laughs) But Zacchaeus is really seeking to see Jesus. He climbs a tree. It's a sycamore tree, the text tells us. These are trees that grow in Africa and Asia. They're great climbing trees. Doesn't it look like it? The the branches are dense, and they're so dense you can climb in there and almost hide, which is perfect for someone like Zacchaeus. He can see Jesus but no one sees him. He gets to hide. Maybe people will stop calling him names for once because they don't know where he is, and he can still see Jesus just as he was seeking to. So here comes the Jesus parade. Here comes Jesus, and Zacchaeus is going to see Jesus. Zacchaeus is seeking to see Jesus. That's what the text says, seeking to see. I wonder if you are seeking to see Jesus today. Maybe in the past you've experienced the nearness of Christ when you've gathered with the body at a church building, this one or another one. Maybe you've experienced the nearness of Jesus when you've explored the natural world, maybe hiking or traveling, and maybe you're missing that. Maybe you had to cancel spring break, your spring break trip for someplace obviously far more beautiful than northeastern Illinois. Maybe you're seeking to see Jesus, but it is getting harder as these days grow longer. Perhaps sheltering in place in your house or apartment is starting to block your view. Maybe the distractions of the internet and the news and this virus that no one can see but everyone fears, rightly, has bullied its way to the front of your cerebral cortex, and it is hard to see Jesus these days. You're experiencing this mental juxtaposition in which the daffodils are blooming and the trees are budding, but the infection rate and the death rate's vertical jump is something Zacchaeus would envy. 
epidemiologists say this is going to get worse. And so our cares grow. Cares for those infected, cares for medical professionals, cares about the lack of equipment, cares for those who have lost their jobs or been furloughed, cares about the economy. Usually we believe we can see what's next. We can see what's coming down the road. We, we sense a certain security in our lives, but this virus has upended that sense of control because we're truthfully not in control of much. We can collect toilet paper or bake bread or take social distancing walks or clean out the cupboards or have a Zoom meeting, but we don't know what tomorrow holds or next week or June. And then this week is Holy Week. When we remember Jesus' journey to the cross from his entrance to Jerusalem, which is way more exciting than his entrance to Jericho, to the Passover supper with his disciples, to his emotional turmoil in the Garden of Gethsemane, to his kangaroo court trial, to his crucifixion, death, and burial. Usually we remember these stories together during this week, where we can see each other as God's people always have, but now we're all stuck up our own sycamore trees, hoping to see Jesus, maybe. And we've each climbed our own sycamore tree for the good of the rest, right? To keep other people safe. And, and so we're up in our sycamore trees, looking down the road, seeking to see Jesus. But my friends, what happens next is this. We don't just see Jesus. Jesus sees us. That's what happens to Zacchaeus, the unexpected. Jesus sees Zacchaeus. He sees Zacchaeus all in his fancy robe up at, in there in the tree, and he stops. He walks over to the tree. He looks up into the branches and speaks to him. Jesus knows Zacchaeus' name. He calls him by name. He says, Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, come down from that tree quickly, for I must stay at your house today. Imagine Zacchaeus' surprise. He hurries down from the tree. He grabs a branch and swings himself off. This isn't what he was seeking. He was simply seeking to see Jesus, that's all. He wanted to witness this rabbi everyone was talking about, but instead, Jesus comes to Zacchaeus and sees him and calls him by name and says he's coming to his house. <laughs> what a surprise. And Zacchaeus is happy to welcome him. He takes Jesus and his whole entourage back to his house. He serves them a meal, and they sit at table together with wine and bread and lentils and fish and cabbage. I, I mean, the text doesn't say this explicitly, but this is what they ate in the first century. This is the kind of food they ate. You know, because Zacchaeus didn't have any friends, I'm guessing the only house guests he usually ever had were his work colleagues, fellow tax collectors and overseers from Rome, that maybe talk about politics or money. But now Jesus is at his house. 
Jesus is at his house telling stories, announcing the kingdom of God, inviting Zacchaeus to follow him because that's what Jesus does throughout all the gospel stories. And Zacchaeus is transformed from seeking to see Jesus to being seen by Jesus, accepting Jesus' invitation to go to his own house. Zacchaeus is transformed. He tells Jesus about this transformation. Look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, and he has, I will pay back four times as much. When when Jesus sees Zacchaeus and enters his house, Zacchaeus is changed. His household is changed. His economics are changed. And he relinquishes his idolatry of money. He carries on Jesus' mission of caring for the poor. Zacchaeus turns away from his life of theft and greed to Jesus' way of relinquishment for the kingdom of God. When Jesus sees Zacchaeus and invites himself over to Zacchaeus' house, Zacchaeus is transformed. And Jesus says to him, today salvation has come to this house because he too, this man too, is a son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek out and save the lost. When Jesus says salvation has come to this house, What he means is that because Zacchaeus has repented, and that means turning away from following his own way to following God's way, that's what repentance means, Zacchaeus is now rejoined into the community of God's people, the descendants of Abraham. This takes us back to the first book in the Bible, Genesis 12, in which God promises that through Abraham, he will bless all people. He says to Abraham, I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And Jesus says this so that all the Jewish people hanging around, the ones who have excluded Zacchaeus here, Jesus is saying, this man too, you guys, this man, Zacchaeus, who you refuse to be friends with, This man is now also a child of Abraham. And Zacchaeus, in giving to the poor, in restoring what he has defrauded, is blessing people, entering into the covenant promises of God through the invitation of Jesus. And this is the mission of Jesus that he spelled out in Luke 15, the stories Pastor Lars has taught throughout this season of Lent. Jesus' mission is to seek out and save the lost. And here it is, exemplified. Zacchaeus, the short, wealthy tax collector manager who no one liked, who was lost up there on that tree. But Jesus seeks him out like a lamb, like a coin. And Jesus goes into his house and in this interaction of seeking and saving and in Zacchaeus' response of repentance, Jesus changes Zacchaeus. And Jesus seeks and saves us too, right now. In the middle of this pandemic, each of us is up in our own sycamore tree, so to speak. 
Because sometimes we think we're going to find Jesus at the church building or hiking at a national park or at a giant Christian conference or in the prayer chapel. And all these things are good. And I miss them. But being stuck up in that tree does not mean that we're going to miss seeing Jesus. No, Jesus has come to each of us and invited himself over. He's saying to each of us, today I must stay at your house. And our opportunity within this pandemic is to allow Jesus to transform our homes and hearts so that when this is over, and it will be over, my friends, We have been transformed through Jesus' invitation and our own repentance to participate in the spiritual renewal of our community, our nation, and our world. Because when Jesus gets into your home, transformation takes place. Notice, Zacchaeus doesn't argue with Jesus. Jesus doesn't even tell him to change. He doesn't say, Zacchaeus, now I know you're a good guy deep down, but you really have got to stop stealing. Zacchaeus knows that he must repent because the Spirit of God has convicted him and revealed his sin to him. He knows he needs to relinquish his sin and idolatry. And he does so because Jesus has sought him. Jesus has seen him. And Jesus is seeking you. He sees you. Jesus calls you by name. He says, I'm coming to your house And when Jesus enters your heart and your house, he invites you into a changed life, a new creation. The Apostle Paul explains it this way. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. And this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. Look, look. Everything has become new. You are a new creation like Zacchaeus, an ambassador of God's kingdom through participation in the work of Jesus. And this is the work of Jesus, the work we observe this holy week. Jesus calls Zacchaeus down from that tree so that he himself can climb up the tree. Because we cannot ascend to God on our own efforts, climbing the tree of success or being good or knowing the right things. Only Jesus can climb the tree. And on the tree, the cross, Jesus takes on the weight of the sin of the world. Zacchaeus' sin of theft and greed, my sin of despair and despondency, your sin of anger or envy or pride or dishonoring your body or the bodies of others. Jesus takes on the sin of the world. Paul says, Jesus becomes sin. And in Jesus' death, God conquers sin and death and the Satan. And in Jesus' resurrection, God's victory is proclaimed. Death cannot hold Jesus. Our king is alive, and he is seeking you, and he sees you, and he wants to come to your house. He's invited himself over, so open your door wide. Let Jesus into your home. Sit with the bread and the wine or juice today. Sit with Jesus and listen to his invitation. I have come to seek out and save the lost. 
Jesus has come to seek and save all of us. Will you open the door? Will you let him in because he is seeking you? Jesus sees you. I can't see you right now. I just see the camera, but Jesus, he sees you and he calls you by name. And as I look out, not seeing you, I reflect on how we're all in different places in our journey with Jesus. So I want to offer three questions to close. And these questions are aimed at people in different places on their walk with Christ. And they're all about allowing Jesus to invite himself into our hearts and homes and households. So first, maybe you have observed Jesus from afar. You like what you've seen and you've heard from a distance, but you've never accepted his invitation to become part of your life. Jesus wants to enter your heart and transform you by his presence. Is Jesus Lord of your heart? Have you relinquished yourself to him? Second, maybe you've made a commitment to Jesus, but you've never thought about what it means for Jesus to be present in your home, in your house. Is Jesus Lord of your house and habits? And look around your space today. How does your life, your whole life, your media habits, your financial decisions, the way you spend your time reflect the lordship of Jesus over everything in your life? Jesus might be calling you to repent, to relinquish habits or addictions or dependencies or thought patterns or a spirit of criticism that you have been hiding from him and others. And I say this not to shame, but to echo what the Spirit might already be saying to your heart. Faith is not something that just takes place within our hearts. It takes place within our habits and practices in our homes. And finally, notice that Jesus says, today salvation has come to this house. Jesus means this household. He means all the people in Zacchaeus' home. Often we focus on our faith as an individual, and this is certainly true, as I mentioned. But faith in Jesus is also a household issue. Entire households were baptized into faith in the book of Acts. And so if you live with family members, ask yourself, is our household mission clear? Do we follow Jesus together? Is Jesus Lord of our household? And I especially direct this to parents with children living at home. Martin Luther said, Father and mother are apostles, bishops, and priests to their children, for it is they who make them acquainted with the gospel. God is giving us this unique opportunity within this pandemic to spend time with our children and to teach them. Let us not waste it. These are three invitations. I invite you to thoughtfully respond and connect with a brother or sister in Christ or in your family or even a pastor to discuss these in depth. Jesus is looking at you up in that tree and he wants you to come down and he's invited himself over. Will you accept? Will you accept Jesus' invitation? We don't know how dinner at Zacchaeus' house went. But it's likely that Jesus took bread and broke it and passed it out. 
just as he would about a week later at the Passover meal with his friends when he would say, this is my body for you. Would you pray with me? Jesus, as we prepare to participate in in the Lord's Supper and communion together, would you plant this word and this story deep in our hearts so it will grow and flourish and bear fruit in our hearts, in our homes, in habits, and in our household. And by the strength of your spirit, empower us to respond to the good news that you seek and save the lost, us. We pray in your name. Amen.